right. This is the Big Kid Show. I'm Mark. Thanks for kicking it with us, even if it's just for a little bit. With me, I got two of your favorites, Big Nick and Brian, a.k.a. Mr. B. Welcome and appreciate your applause. Today, we will be playing one of our favorite formats, Top 3. Yeah! Top 3 for today will be... 90s cartoon shows. That's right. All right. The pinnacle of TV for children of all ages in a format that continues to be used to reach kids today, for good or for bad. The history of cartoons goes way back, with roots starting in comic strips. These evolved into silent cartoons in the early 1900s, and then everything changed in 1928 with the cartoon Steamboat Willie, featuring a character you may know as Mickey Mouse. Mm-hmm. Yes, this was the prized work of one Walt Disney with the first cartoon to feature a synced sound score. Now, we could spend a whole episode on the history of cartoons, and I'm sure we'll tackle some of that in future episodes. But today, we fast forward us into the 1990s. Back so to I the remember, future. That's right. <laughs> so I remember as a kid looking forward to every Saturday morning, knowing that a slew of cartoons were ready to hit my TV screen and send me off to a place of laughter make-believe, and straight-up fun. And as the 90s progressed with me, we started to see a more mature version of cartoons emerge as well that took a twist to the kid-like innocence of cartoons but still deliver hilarious laughs with an adult twist. So, with all that out of the way, we're ready to play. All right, guys, I've written down a number here between 1 and 10. Each of you is going to make a guess to what that number is to determine who goes first. Big Mm -hmm. Nick, you got the first guess, sir. What do you got? Number 9. Number 9. All right. Brian Smith. Dose. 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 Nose. Uh, (laughs) Big Nick, you are the winner, sir. You are up first. All right. So just one quick question before we kind of dive into our episode here, fellas. So what's the first room of your childhood home that you think of when I mention 90s cartoons? Go ahead, Nick. The first room that I think yeah, of? Yeah, where did you watch your cartoons when you were a kid? I was going to say whatever room had the TV in it. Um, well, yeah, that would be that's the family a room. solid answer. That and would what, be the family what, room. you live in a house with multiple TVs? <laughs> well, and no, I'm saying Describe whatever room, room the TV was in. So, yes, the the family room, that is where one would bring their family, and they would uh, <laughs> put the family in that room, and then they would... Solid name. Nick. Yeah, they would uh, hang out there. So Please elaborate I remember, more. <laughs> I remember there being a TV there and a family and four walls. Did, and did the family splendid. come with the TV, or was it sold separately? I had wished that the people in the TV were my actual family, but that was not the case. Um, when I turned off the TV and turned and looked at the family, the family was, was hideous. Um, so <laughs> this family, is an man. interesting topic. And I think, you know, you're trying to lead into really getting Big Nick to open up here. And that's what's going to happen. Let's crack the shelf for you, Mr. Mark. <laughs> the, as far as cartoons go, the 90s, it's a little tricky because we're when we do this show, the big kids show, we are all a bunch of big kids. That's where the name comes from. Yep. So we're really analyzing and looking at these big kid topics through our lifetime and through our life experience. And generally, we're discussing things that are like 1980 to present day. 
I think for me, the height of cartoons, just given my age in general, would have been the 80s. So 90s was really starting to taper off for the cartoon world for Mr. Big Nick. So that made for interesting selections for today's top three. Well, well, so so describing my room, I'm going to go also with Nick as it was the family room. But uh, just recently, I happened to see a picture of like my eighth birthday and the our family tv was in the background and it was like a <laughs> it was like a 16 inch tv with the dials on it and i saw huge. it huge but, but i remember as a kid like it was a it was a huge tv back then and now if, yeah. if i pulled that out you'd be like what is that from like you know 1432 or so i mean it was just teeny and it was like a million miles away from the couch i mean you know what i mean it was so far away like how did we even see it let alone like know what was going on but same thing. We had wood furniture and family sat around and we watched Alf. You know, there we go. Yeah. See, in our, in our family room, we had the old school vinyl record player. So yep. the TV actually joined us in the dining room at my house. So we used Ooh. to sit and it's not like we really watched TV while we ate dinner or anything like that. But as a kid, I remember like eating breakfast. For sure, the TV was on while we were doing the breakfast thing and then saturday mornings you know it wasn't a huge room to start so the tv was only five feet from the table but i had to get even closer as a kid i had to sit like two feet from the tv yeah. on the floor right just to make sure you get maximum exposure to the, you the are, rays you, shooting you out are, from the tv you are pretty blind so you know. yeah exactly probably explains some of it so all right well anyway appreciate the input guys let's uh let's get things kicked off here so like we said top three 90s cartoons big nick you won. You're up first, sir. What's number three on your list? Quick question before right. you jump in there, uh, Big Nick. So, Mark, I because I wanted to clarify to make sure I did this right. It's as long as it aired within 90 to 99. Is that correct? Original that content is, at some point in the e- 90s. E- even if the first episode was prior that's a good that's a good stipulation i just want to make sure very yeah let's be very clear on that so the stipulation for a show to qualify is that it has to have had an original episode air sometime in the 90s so it could have started before the 90s it could have started in the 90s went into the 2000s no reruns if it was a 19 you know we can't do bugs bunny where there was a yeah you know an older cartoon and they re-ran it into the 90s so good clarification there mr b just wanted to make sure that so my my picks are still legit okay i was going to say with that said mr b would you like for all of us to sit here patiently and quietly while you update your list uh no need my brain is like a uh gateway computer 1990s computer yeah it's like from night yeah (laughs) hang on it's it's about to log into the modem all right we want to get i'm ready i know that we want to get to our top three but i can't get over (laughs) mr b saying we had wooden furniture i like i'm picturing (laughs) i'm picturing your father in the backyard chopping down trees and building chairs It was like it, it had like it had foam cushions, but all the edges were solid wood. That like as a kid, you just got mangled on it. Like I don't know how many times I cracked my head on it. And when my parents bought it, I was like, "Are you trying to put us through the gauntlet here?" Because right. like we all split our head open on this furniture, but they kept it around. I mean, <laughs> if I showed us some magical little elves, no, if you saw it, you'd be like, "Oh, that's a death trap." We use steam to heat the house. <laughs> <laughs> we had Boy, an we chopped down those trees back there. We need some meat. 
All right, all right, all right. Let's get into it, fellas. Big Nick, number three. What you got, sir? Here we go. Number three for me is Animaniacs. This is a genius show. It's about three siblings who live in a water tower in Burbank. Now, normally this would be child abuse or neglect at the very least, (laughs) and a matter for the state of California to deal with. However, I am talking about three cartoon siblings that are of an unknown species, and they lived in the water tower for about 60 years. So if one is given enough provisions to survive 60 years in water tower confinement, is it really neglect? Again, that's a matter for the courts. (laughs) Animaniacs ran for five seasons from 1993 to 1998. My favorite aspect of this wonderfully crafted show by we I'm going to name drop here, fellas. And it's a big name. Steven Spielberg produced this show. You know, it was a variety show. And that's what I love. I love variety shows. You would get two or three different bits, stories, skits, whatever you want to call it. And all of the premises were genuinely funny. Of course, you would have skits with the Animaniacs. Those are the siblings, two brothers and a sister, Wacko, Yakko, and Dot. Dot is the sister. The other bits were Slapsies. I'm sorry, Slapsy the Squirrel, Good Feathers, which I loved Good Feathers, but my favorite was Pinky and the Brain. Pinky and the Brain were the two laboratory rats or mice, I couldn't never tell which they were, who each night after the workers left the laboratory, they would plan and plot and try to execute their plan to take, take over, over the, the world. world. Yeah. I Dream big. I, I can't Dream help big is what I always waiting. Say. I can't help but think of the movie Waiting when you say that those names. Anyway, <laughs> proceed. <laughs> Yikes. The brain was, of course, the brains of the operation, and Pinky was the muscle, I guess. However, they never achieved their goal of global domination. But more importantly, and let this be a lesson for all of us, they never gave up. Nope, it was not in their DNA. Back to the good feathers, though. This was a small flock of tough guy pigeons from New York. Really a spoof of the Godfather and Goodfellas. A brilliant parody, really. (laughs) The thing that was the best about Animaniacs as a whole, though, it was like Saturday Night Live meets Mad Magazine and the package, then package it in Warner Brothers cartoon history. Well described there. Thank you. The show made fun of and poked at adult shows like Seinfeld, Beverly Hills, 90210 and Melrose place. They made fun of competing cartoons like the power Rangers and blockbusters like the lion King. This was an afternoon cartoon that was drawing an older, more mature, if you will, audience. And one more thing I owned, used and carried an animaniacs lunchbox. (laughs) That's the sealer. Is is that the reason, Nick? Is the, is the lunchbox the sealer yep. for this show? No, I really liked Pinky and the Brain and Good Feathers. Okay, uh, Did- those to me, even though they were just a portion of the of the Animaniac show, to me, I thought those bits were good enough that they could could have they could stand alone. They could have made a whole spinoff of of just those shows. Yeah, that uh, did. Do you still have that lunchbox? I do not. So it's the last probably worth I, some probably worth some money if you did. The last time I had it, I was I was working somewhere, and I on my last day I left, and I f- 
forgot to to bring the lunchbox with me. So it, it was left <laughs> at the place of work. And I hated the place so much, I knew that I left it there, and I d- decided never to go back. So to ob- ob- obviously, you carried this well into your to your teenage adult years. I just lost it last week, actually. Yeah, okay, fair enough. But, but quick question, uh, uh, Big Nick, is did Pinky and the Brain actually end up having their own series later, or did I dream that in my head? Uh, they may have. The, okay. the, the issue with this would be... The the show ran for five seasons from 1993 to 1998, and okay. I think portions of the show were already some kind of spinoff. Okay, but, uh, I didn't. I wasn't watching it in 1998. Yeah, I didn't. Um, so it, I I didn't really follow it for. I felt I followed it for the first couple of years, but not at the end. And I think it switched channels a few times because mm-hmm. keep in mind, it, it was a yep. Warner Brothers show and Warner Brothers owns a lot of different channels. So if it wasn't working or wasn't hitting the numbers that they wanted here on this platform, they would boom, move it to something else. I think it ultimately ended up on the WB. The WB. Uh, yeah. Correct. Yeah. Move from Fox. To yeah. WB. But I, yeah. Nick, great choice. I remember that show, especially uh, the, <clears throat> the early part of it when I was still in my early teens. I remember watching. Yeah, it was. You described it perfectly. It was like cartoon Saturday Night Live where, you know, there was a bunch of different bits in it, which kept you. It wasn't just the same dragging story. So well, described. Well, and it was genuinely funny to yes. me then. And I think that if I put it on now, I would still find it to be a very funny show. We, everyone's got homework this weekend. Let's rewatch every one of those episodes. Well, and, and one thing I thought about, because, I mean, you know, I, I'm the only one admittedly on the show that has some younger kids but I, I feel like when it comes to a lot of these cartoons when i think about it it's like man i wish i wish they started to consolidate places where you could stream these because obviously everything's streamable now and you think yeah. about when a lot of these cartoons were made they were aired on the tv but how do you go back and capture these now as i say that there's a bunch of different streaming platforms and, popping well, up and, left and, and right probably, so it'll probably, probably end YouTube, up on one of them even. yeah 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 that's true that's true great pick, well, good choice Nick. Good choice, Big Nick. All right, let's move it along. Mr. B, let's go with uh, number three. All right, so for my number three, and this one, same thing you described, uh, Big Nick, was I instantly went back to being a a wee little Mr. B, and (laughs) instantly my my number three pick will be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's a good pick. Yeah. Very so, good pick. so an originally released actually in the end of '87, um, but aired all the way until the end of '96. And I remember, I mean, if you guys remember at that time, it was like the biggest thing ever. I mean, I had the yeah, you know, being a, a young, I was huge what, show, seven or eight when that stuff came out. I had all the action figures. I had a Ninja Turtle skateboard. You know, the Ninja Turtle like. I wanted nunchucks, which obviously my dad did not buy me those because I would just crack my brother in the head. But you would run out of trees in the backyard for him to chop down oh, and yeah. crack those nunchucks. <laughs> but before we even get into this, do you guys know? Remember the four Ninja Turtles and their colors? Okay, so my favorite was. Uh, sorry, I know I Yo, just go all in jump, there. jump. I'm in going the- next, so go ahead. I was a huge. Leonardo fan. He had the katana blades. He wore the blue bandana. I liked Leonardo one because of the katanas, and number two, he was the leader, alpha male, of- and you nailed the color and the weapon. Big yep. uh, Mr. Nick, go. 
All right. So for for me, Mark, uh, sorry, my name buddy. my name's Mark, but uh, but good, good, good call, Mister B. Um, you know, it, it happens. It happens. For me, for me, it was Donatello, Mister Purple. Mm. Right with oh. the bow staff, he was the brains too. I think so. The, exactly. the brains and the scientists. So that exactly, kind of the nerdy guy. So that fits. And then, well, we could talk. And then, so there was something really cool about uh, about the bow. I don't, I don't know what it was, and I think some of it probably went to the video games. I don't want to steal too much of your thunder here, Mister B, because I know you, you already are. Talk about. I know, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I was obsessed or not obsessed, but I was definitely interested in some of the uh, the kung fu type stuff. And when you see the bow. It translated, so that's mine. Yeah, so and it's so amazing because we all have different ones. So my favorite was Michelangelo, which was nice. orange and had the nunchucks. He was my and, second, and he was like the loose, kind of funny party guy, right? If you want to call it that. So I feel like Raphael fell to the bottom of everybody's list. Poor well, Raphael, because no, he was Ra- like Raphael the, uh, was my second favorite. And he? Be, okay. he, yeah, right. he was kind of the badass one of the four. Like, yeah, he, he like, was a he wasn't jokey, and he like uh, was real like. Yeah, um, he, he was Mister Serious, but he was like the he was the tough guy of of the four. Where you had Michael Michelangelo could hold his own, but he was more of the fun. He was yes. more of the fun, outgoing yeah. type party boy. Raphael was like the he was like the Liam Neeson of <laughs> Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Liam Neeson. I, ha- I, would... I, I have a particular set of skills. <laughs> I will find you. <laughs> Well played, but all right. So, I mean, Ninja Turtles, most people are aware of it. Obviously, that series was the first kind of series. Now, prior to that, there was the comic book, um, which, you know, I never actually read the comic book as a kid. Once that Mm -hmm. show came out, I would think I was six or seven. And I just was like, oh, my gosh, this show is amazing. And then I wanted the toys and all that stuff. And at one point, I had all the little figurines and the the uh, if you you guys remember the the bad guy was Shredder, but do you remember his right. two, his two henchmen? What their names were? Bebop and Rocksteady. Nailed it! Big wow, man. holy nice crap! Work. I didn't even remember that, dude. I well got a mind like a steel trap when it comes to kid stuff, like the kid stuff from my because that's all I that's all my brain. I'm constantly fighting with like the adult stuff is coming in and the kid stuff is trying to push it back out. And you're like, and no, I'm constantly no. struggling with that. So I'm always thinking about these things. You failed to mention that these are heroes in a half shell. Now oh, yeah. the, the turtle, turtle video games. Yeah. The video games were incredible. <laughs> Have you guys seen that show? I, I think it's a Netflix. It could be Amazon. Not certain. Uh, how how it was made or toys how toys that made us that's what, oh, what, I've, what I've, it's called i haven't watched it but i've, I've seen yeah, it. i know what you're talking yeah. about so if you haven't seen that it's brilliant like that they take a show and something specifically like the ninja turtles where the mainstream me, the mainstream people may only remember one aspect of ninja turtles they might remember the toys or they might remember the cartoons but this show will explain to you the the chain of events that took place what came first the chicken or the egg some some of these cartoons that we're talking about came after the toys were made as a way to sell the toys and other times exactly. the toys were made first and then the you know or i think hmm. i flipped that around incorrectly but but mr b's absolutely correct when the when the um comic book first came out it was actually a pretty dark and violent yes comic book yeah. And they really had to tone it down because it got in front of some people that, that could put this idea in front of, you know, toy manufacturer boardrooms. 
And they were saying, hey, if you could tone this down and brighten it up a little bit and really give it some character and flavor, we might have something here. And the guys that created the the comic book originally were like, what, you want to take our thing? They were kind of they were kind of purist. You know, they're like, you're going to take our thing and bubble gum it up. We don't Mm want to do that. And now they've made like billions of dollars. Well, I hopefully, <laughs> hopefully they signed some correct contracts. But yeah, the com the comic book was like they were turtles that were assassins, and their goal was mm-hmm. to kill the shredder. And mm-hmm. well, but, and I think if you, I mean, we talked about this a little bit in you know a different episode. But I think when you look at a lot of these comic book inspired movies, series, shows, there's always an appeal to take some of them to a kid level, but then there's always that kind of yin and yang to pull them into the adult realm, into kind of a darker, darker area. And it, obviously as we get older, you know, to me, I'm like, yeah, make it rated R let's, let's make it raw and real. you know, like we think about Batman kind of comes to mind, but, right. um, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting push pull in that regard. Well, just so you know, cause I know big Nick loves fun facts and I got one. So the voice of Shredder. Fun facts. You, you you ready? Who does the voice of Shredder? It's gonna blow your mind. Should we take guesses? Uh, Should we guess, or no, do we even have a shot at this? No, you just no give way us, you're gonna guess. If you give us a first name, do we get a shot? James. Earl Jones. <laughs> Wrong. Mark, you I don't even know a James. Yeah, I got I nothing. So Hetfield. The voice, <laughs> the, the the voice of Shredder, and he did it from seasons one through seven. So he what he didn't just do it briefly. Was Uncle Phil from the Fresh Prince of Bel Air? No. Oh yes. yeah. No. Yeah. Are you serious? Yes. That guy had a great voice. Wow. Yeah. So he was Shredder. That's amazing. Through all that, I mean, so even I mean, he was probably was like, "Sweet, I'm making some good Shredder money," and then Fresh Prince of Bel Air kicked off, and he's like, "Ching," but. So I, hold on, hold on. I loved Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Right. If I knew that he was Shredder the whole time I was watching that series, he would have even been like even more of my favorite. Exactly. Character. Exactly. Man, you got they got to release that kind of information into the wild. Yeah, that's crazy. So, again, my pick number three, Ninja Turtles. It was just because I think my age and right when it came out, and of course the mass marketing. Plus, I got to hit you guys with something. Do you remember they did a super like promo with Pizza Hut? Like, like they yeah, yeah. Well, because the turtles love pizza. Yeah, so yeah, yeah but they love yeah. pizza. So they did a big like commercial push, and at one point they came out with a cassette tape, like a, a, a like a basically a band, the Ninja Turtles, and it was called <laughs> Coming Out of Their Shells. And I remember we, we we bought we we bought that tape. And I remember as a kid, I thought it was like the greatest music ever. Well, so I listened it's like to when it. Kiss quit wearing the makeup. Exactly. It's all. Oh. So I listened to it like two nights ago. It is awful. <laughs> yeah, because they're turtles. Well, but sometimes uh, when you go yeah. back and revisit some of this stuff, it but doesn't have on. the same allure. Let, yeah, let, let me hit you with some of these awesome tracks. All right, so we got Pizza Power, like Tubin, and Cowabunga. I mean, that was a that was some hot tracks. Hot tracks. There was Super more than hot. one song on this thing. No, huh? this thing had like eight songs. It was a full length album, buddy. What do you think that this was like? They put it together, and then it was some something that was just completely failed. And they're like, "How do we? How do we save face on this and make some kind of money?" No, see, oh, I, let's I contact th- the people at Pizza Hut. No, I think I think what it was is they put all this together. So you know, the, the Ninja Turtles by 1990 were like 
you know, the hottest thing ever. So they're like, let's pair yeah. up with Pizza Hut. We'll do promo. Or any pizza company. And then we'll sell this tape. And again, I, me and my brother had this tape. We listened to it till it broke because we were, wow. we were eight years old or something. But if you listen to that tape, Again, you can you can I found it on. I don't want to listen to the. Tape. It's on Apple Music, man, or it's on. Uh, <laughs> um, you, it's on there, man. It's I tell you, and it's 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 not good, but you got to hear it just to know. The you did some of- real research, Mister B. Oh, hey, I'm I'm committed to this discussion. So that's total commitment. That's total Ninja, commitment. Ninja Turtles plus last quick thing. Ninja Turtles also had a cereal, buddy. So boom, boom. Well, and maybe at some point in a future episode, we can rate the mm-hmm. uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies that were out because there was a couple of those as well. Oh, yeah. So, and, and, they mean, tried, that, and they tried to revisit it multiple times. And But yeah. my, my, my choice was the original cartoon series from it started in 87 to 96 or whatever it was. So, yep. All right. Well, that's very good. Um, so let's keep it moving on to uh, my choice for number three. So. This this uh, this series hit me, and I'll just you know will come real about my age if you can't guess it at this one. So this show debuted in 1993, so it hit me right in the sweet spot of being a 12 year old moving on to manhood, and the show that helped usher me there had to be Beavis and Butthead. Oh yeah, good pick. So it was an animated MTV series, two teenage heavy metal music fans who occasionally do idiotic things because they're bored. And for them, everything is cool or it sucks. So it debuted in 93, like I said, had over 200 episodes. Now, me, myself, I was a fan of um, or just kind of starting to get into being a fan of heavy metal music and and hard rock and, and heavy music in general as I kind of became, you know, a teenager. So this show really hit the sweet spot for me because a lot of the show was a two, you know, kids that were kind of felt like the same age as me that were watching heavy metal music videos and just commenting like me and my best friend at the time would do, you know, as we watched heavy metal shows. So, um, but, you know, a few different things. It's funny that, um, you know, uh, Mike Judge, the guy that created the show, voiced virtually all the characters on the show. Um, he was one of just a handful of people who, you know, made up some of the writing staff. And he actually kind of took it upon himself and winged it for a lot of the uh, opinions on the music videos as they went through those those different episodes. Um so, you know, it's kind of interesting. And then they saved some time on animation for the music video commentaries. And they had a guy take footage from earlier episodes and sync it up with new mouth positions. I mean, it's it's one of those interesting things with cartoons. You forget that with some of these, they're hand-drawn, right? I mean, and, and the technology for how they do some of that has changed over the years. But um, but the, the two kids that actually Beavis and Butthead was built upon was a few kids that lived near Mike Judge. So so it was a kid named Bobby Beavis, uh, who was oh, labeled Bobby. A, Oh, Bobby, who was kind of an athletic kid. Uh, he lived a couple blocks from Judge, you know, while he was in college. Um, and supposedly not similar to the uh, character with the Metallica shirt, as you all remember Beavis wore. Um, and then there was a 12-year-old who called himself Iron Butt, so he claimed to never get injured from a kick to the posterior. 
but he had a friend called Butthead. So, so that's you know the the two guys were inspired by Mike Judge and and people that he thought he knew. Um, so, what what do you guys think? Did you guys ever watch Beavis and Butthead? What, what were your thoughts on him? Well, first off. I Mark, I got to give you much credit here because our good friend Mr. B says that he listened to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle cassette <laughs> until it broke in half. And that look, that is just a whole different type of psychosis right there. We we only have an hour long show. We can't figure. But now Beavis and Butthead had a great soundtrack that was a great album there was a lot of really cool bands on there one thing i'm curious about i did watch the show quite a bit it was a little difficult to watch it in my house i was the oldest of four kids so my mother really didn't like it on in the room that the family belongs in exactly and where the younger kids would see it and uh, but but one thing I'm curious about, I watched it a lot. It was a hilarious show. My favorite part was not so much the cartoon part. It was their them commenting on the music videos themselves and what's going on in the music videos. Did Do we ever at any time learn Butthead's real name? You know, like, was there ever the big reveal on the show? There wasn't. Um, you know, I think... He was That's born one. Butthead McGuire <laughs> Stevenson. <laughs> now, now there is there is something that shows up in. Uh, so, if you guys remember, there was a feature film made yep. about Beavis and Butthead, which I can't believe there actually was a feature film, but um, called Beavis and Butthead Do America. I saw it in the theater. <laughs> yep. So there I was a. Okay, a I got a little bit of a quiz question actually for you guys here. So Go. There was the voice of a Motley Crew roadie who is slated to possibly be Butthead's father in that movie. Do you guys know who did the voice for that character? Big Nick, I'll give you first shot if, if you want to guess, or you can defer to uh, Mr. B. You better who defer. the voice? Okay, first of all, this person so, has to be willing to be or pretend to be a Motley Crue roadie. So who was the voice of the Motley Crue roadie? Who might be Butthead's father <laughs> in Beavis and Butthead Do America? Uh, this is, I'm taking a total guess here. I have no yeah. clue. I'm going to go with Tommy Lee. Okay. Mr. B, what you got? And the final answer is Mr. David Letterman. Ding, ding, ding. We have Whoa. a winner. That's a big get. That is yep. a big get. You just caught a good fish there, Mister B. Oh yeah, really? But I had no idea Ooh. David Letterman was a part of that, right? I mean, that's well, that's not so, a guy you expect. And if you remember back in their popularity, he actually had them on his show, like like the ah, Letterman's right. I mean, like they they filmed it where they had the cartoon and he interviewed them. And I mean, that's I mean, shows you how popular Beavis and Butthead was in the mid '90s, where he they were actually on Letterman as a cartoon and they kind of cut and edit it and paste it and all that stuff. So, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Great so, pick. But you, great pick with Beavis and Butthead. I love that show. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, you know, it, it really like, there's so many childhood memories. And then as, like I said, as I started to get further into the music realm and really like get into the, the hard rock and stuff like that, just the music videos. I remember finding bands that I'd never heard of on that show you know, and hearing him for the first time on Beavis and Butthead. And, you know, of course, as an impressionable teenager, too, I'm like, oh, well, they thought it sucks. So I think it sucks. Or they think it's awesome. So I think it's awesome. 
So, so you based yeah, all it, your all you based all your musical choices from Beavis and Butthead on Mike Judge. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> oh man, that's rough because we're good friends, and I based all my musical choices off you. So, that's not well, good. there's the cascade effect, man. <laughs> hey, good thing Mike Judge had good, uh, <laughs> good, uh, a good eye for talent when it came to music. So, <laughs> all right, so let's uh, let's let's do a little recap around three here. We got mm-hmm. uh, Big Nick. Animaniacs, Mr. B, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, myself, I've got Beavis and Butthead. Let's keep on rolling to round two. Big Nick, what you got? All right, number two, I'm going to go with an obvious choice. And actually, people will probably go, well, that should have been your obvious choice for number one. But it's my list, so I will put do what you whatever want, order I so damn well choose. So number Boom. two... We're going with The Simpsons. The we got 31 Simpsons. seasons on TV on primetime, mind you. Over 600 episodes, some of the most recognizable cartoon characters in the world. One of the most iconic characters, not just in the cartoon world, but arguably one of the most iconic characters in the history of the world in anything, would be one Mr. Homer J. Simpson. Don't. Now. We fellas are big kids. We ain't no little kids. So we remember the early episodes in the early seasons of The Simpsons. And I can remember the first episode that I watched. It was like a like a Christmas themed right episode about the Simpson family getting a dog. In the early seasons, Bart Simpson really was the star of the show. Didn't everyone yeah. everywhere think Bart was in the grand scheme of the free world going to be the, you know, the cartoon character with, with fame that only was rivaled by Michael Jordan, Michael Jackson, or Elvis. I mean, he was huge at the time. Well, he really was. I remember it was called Bart mania and remember Bart man. Yeah. Well, so, and Nick, I, yes, because early on, I think Bart Simpson was the like, popular person i actually the I, centerpiece i actually i shared a story i was talking with someone about it i think i was in a sixth grade or fifth grade even i had a bart simpson sweatshirt that i wore to, and it just said like eat my shorts and, <laughs> and, and and they had to think about this like is that racy no but at the time it I, was well no they made me turn my sweatshirt inside out and they said yeah. you can you can never wear this sweatshirt to school again that was mm. cutting edge comedy at that. Oh, point. I know. Mm. Well, and so even my dad was like, "I was probably a der- terrible father. I'd let you watch be- uh, the Simpsons." And it's like now, if you watch it, you're like, "Yeah, it's pretty tame compared to all the other alternatives." But I had to turn yeah. my sweat sweatshirt inside out because I had to eat my shorts Bart Simpson sweatshirt to see you know. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. The, so the Bart Simpson character was huge, but it's kind of like a teacher and student, the chicken or the egg mixed up kind of world. So Homer ultimately today is the big star, right? And I love so many of the characters. It's such a big, you know, universe and so many great characters that we've watched over, over the years. I, I particularly like Flanders, the, the neighbor that Homer does not not like a whole lot. And, and the funny thing, I, I have a good friend, and his name is Jeffrey Flanders. He's one of the greatest, <laughs> nicest yes. human beings down in uh, Florida. I, I believe he's still in Florida. But anyway, we, we always just called him Flanders for the longest, longest time. And I thought about rattling off 
all of my faves, but the list is just way too long. It, as said, it's a big, bountiful, and vibrant universe that Springfield, wherever the hell it is. My absolute favorite is I love and I never miss an episode of the Simpson, Simpsons Halloween shows. The Tree House, House of Horrors yes, is yes. TV gold. I still love uh, tuning in and I never miss those every season. And I love the time slot. The Sunday night time slot is so great because even in my old age now, you know, in the fall time, after a full day of drinking and watching football, <laughs> how about a little Simpsons? I say, yes, Check. please. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's funny, going back to the Flanders uh, comment that you made there, Big Nick, did you know, going back to, you know, even tying back to my Beavis and Butthead choice, did you know that there's a Flanders heavy metal band out there? Who knows oh, what I- the name of that heavy metal band is? Wait, I, I, I'm just going to answer it because Mr. Beam, I, I know. Oh, I listened to this band. It's Oakley Doakley. Yes. And and if you want, <laughs> if you want to check out this band, because I I've listened to it recently, they have oh, yeah. the, their hit song "White Wine Spritzer" will <laughs> blow your mind. Yes. Oh, yes. It, it's and they and, and Big Nick, you have to look this up, buddy. They all dress oh, up. They all dress up like Ned Flanders. They have the mustache and the green sweater with the with the collar poking out. And, oh, dude, you got to look oh, it up. Oh, it's hilarious. It's, it's worth just a watch. And like, honestly, if they ever came near me, I would go see them in the concert, man. Oakley Doakley. If you're listening, hit us up. Yeah. Oakley Doakley. We love Oakley you guys. Delight. Anyway, just wanted to throw that little nugget in there, Big Nick. That's a so, good nugget. Absolutely. So, no, The Simpsons is a good choice. And, and it's crazy to think how long that show has been around. Like it's honestly, like the longest it's, running show in TV history. No, it, it's it's set it so many records, not only for animated, but just general series. I mean, it's it started in what do you say, Nick? Eighty eight? I didn't say. Um oh. I, I I have here in my notes thirty one seasons. That's what so I mean. Debuted I mean, in eighty nine. 89 and it's still going strong i mean it, it's yeah. still i mean just like there's no end in sight literally probably till matt growing decides that he is going to quit i mean how do they stop doing it because i mean think think of the famous cameos they've had on that i mean you can't oh, stop. Yeah. i mean the list is like ridiculous of famous people you know paul mccartney and metallica i mean all these amazing musicians and artists and whoever has been on it so so actually, on that note, Mr. B, I'll, th- I'll throw out a little uh, true or false question for you guys. So yes. true or false, the Simpsons have had more episodes than they have had guest stars. The Simpsons have had more episodes than they have had guest stars on the show. True or false? False. Mr. B? Or Big Nick, I mean? It, it seems obvious to pick they have had more episodes than guest stars. Yeah, because we know they've had, had like it's got to be like six hundred episodes or something. Right, but but what that also puts us in is a situation where you're thinking, okay, well, even if, the, if most of the time a show at, at best is going to average one guest star per show, so you think the number would be somewhat equal. Um, yeah. But the early shows, I don't remember much in the way of guest stars or guest appearances. But here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking there's probably been a handful of episodes that just have multiple, multiple uh, cameo appearances. 
and voiceovers and things like that, especially these Halloween shows and some of the the Christmas ones. So I'll go with Mr. B here, and I'll say they've had more guest stars than they've had episodes. And that's why you guys are guest stars on this show. Nailed it. Both correct. False. Ah, and so many uh, episodes when they have guest stars, they'll have multiple in one episode i mean mm-hmm. think about like i mean they'll have whole bands they'll have multiple bands i mean they'll have I, it's well, so just pop- like it's almost yeah, like just a, like you said mr b i mean they've had more than 680 episodes so that means they've had more than 680 guest stars that's insane well i think now it's almost the point where if you're a guest star that means that you've made it i mean yeah. think about it like it's it's mm. like it's like probably equivalent to the the uh Hollywood star walk of the star on the whatever thing on the concrete, whatever okay, that, whatever yep. the hell that's called. So, yeah, yeah, that thing, yeah, exactly. yeah whatever that thing so. is. Yeah, well, solid choice, big Nick, solid choice. All right, Thank so Mr. B, let's uh, let's move it on to you, sir. Number two choice, so cartoon 90s. What so with, you got? With, with my choice, I'm upset because you already picked it there, Mr. Mark. Is I'm going with obvious Be- Beavis and Butthead. Nice. A, a quality show that um, a, a lot of the stuff we already said, I mean, I don't know how to add to it. It was, again, it was when it when it aired in the early 90s, or actually, I think it was 93 we talked about. I was a developing young lad, and <laughs> I, I just thought their stupid their stupid humor was hilarious. You know, it was, yeah. And actually, actually uh, uh, Mr. Nick or Big Nick, we watched that a few times together. We would just sit there and go, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> it makes you react like the characters. It was very surreal now that yeah. I think about it. We're sitting on the couch together watching two guys sit on the couch together watching <laughs> the channel that we're watching. It's very well, and it's funny when we it's when very we, weird. Good thing we, we didn't have any mushrooms. Well, when when we hung out a few <laughs> weeks ago, we were on the couch doing the same thing, going, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so since we've kind of been through a bit of the history of the show Beavis and Butthead, how about how about this, Mr. B? We'll start with you, and then we'll go to Mark, and then I'll I'll uh, bring up the the rear here, uh, the iron butt, as they say. Nice. What would be your favorite moment from Beavis and Butthead, just off the top of your head? So, I don't even know if it's a moment. It was always a recurring thing. Is if you remember the neighbor, Mr. Anderson. Yeah, he'd be like, he'd be like, uh, uh. <laughs> and he, and he would be like, you you boys whacking in my tool shed. Uh. <laughs> I always just thought that was hilarious. And, and if you look at that character now, it's very similar to a Mister Hank Hill. Which yes. King, if we, and if we if we get real crazy, King of the Hill was done by your boy that did Beavis and Butthead. Um. So I think there's a lot of ties to those show just in terms of how we thought and all that stuff. But um, my other quick point is to Beavis and Butthead got so racy at the time that this their show was brought up in uh, our, our government. So a, yeah. sen- a senator made a reference to this. So maybe a little dark, but there was a, a situation where a kid watched the show and like started a fire in like caught the house on fire and so people that was died. a big theme with with well, on the show well and let, let, let me get to that so they yeah. joked about playing with fire yeah because he'd be like fire fire you know and uh there was actually the senator it was senator ernest hollings uh, a democrat from south carolina and he was bringing this up about like basically saying 
you know, TVs need to, you know, kind of regulate what they're showing. And, but the funny thing is he referred to them as buff coat and beaver. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so not even, he watched the show, obviously. Yeah. And it was so throughout the show, they actually referenced that, like trying to make fun of these guys because of the names that they called them. But I mean, it shows you how popular the show was that, I mean, senators are talking about this to other senators. Well, you know, and because it was it was so racy at the time with, you know, you know, kind of this skewed view of, you know, violence and, and fire and all this stuff. And is it geared towards little kids and all this stuff? And yeah. Well, to kind of piggyback off of that, the issue with cartoons, the format of cartoons is always that look, these big stuffy suits, they look at a cartoon and they think everything is geared toward children. Well, there are cartoons for adults. There's cartoons for teenagers. And this one was really more uh, focused on the demographic they were looking for were the, was the teenagers. Exactly. It was on MTV. Yeah. It was on MTV and it was on generally like nine, 10 o'clock at night. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It wasn't on like uh, 8 a.m. on Saturday. I mean, yeah. And MTV in its own is PG-13 all the time, especially back then. I mean, the videos, the music videos themselves were, they were sexy. They were provocative. They yeah, were Pantera you know, videos on there. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. They were, yeah. They're, some of them were violent. And so really it, the MTV channel platform was perfect for something like Beef and some Butthead, not just because they're watching music videos, but that's also who they are trying to appeal to. But, you get these stuffy suits that go, well, it's animation. It's a cartoon. So they're, we don't want three and four and five-year-old kids watching this. Well, duh. But but then the other issue with Beavis and Butthead, and there was a little bit of that with The Simpsons as well. Of course. Is that yeah. when you show these, these teenage-type characters having fun and really laughing it up, doing some very questionable or just downright bad and wrong behavior, then it is like things. It inspires other teenagers to go out and get their kicks and get some laughs by, by doing some of this. And I will say that, you know, we, we were talking about one moment that we remember the most or our favorite moment. Now, one moment that I do remember a lot that was not my favorite moment was, do you guys remember frog baseball? That was the actual, uh, that was our first episode. Yeah, so they're, you know, you can imagine what frog baseball is. Yeah, and it's, I, it's very, it's not good. It's a, it's a very, you're, you're yeah. Smashing I found frogs. it to be a funny episode, but I remember. But you were twelve years old. Considering afterwards, I'm like, I'm like, crap! A bunch of teenage <laughs> boys are going to go out and kill a whole bunch of frogs this weekend. Well, but yeah. again, that's kind of that fine line of you know, it's it's entertainment, it's comedy, you know the kind of kids they were gearing it towards versus yeah well and i mentioned in the intro i mean the 90s not to say it didn't happen any other time but the 90s we definitely started to see a shift in animated series to get a little more serious a little more adult a little more racy right and the simpsons definitely was a kickoff of that i mean it's funny matt groaning one of the creators of the Simpsons was a fan of Beavis and Butthead. And he actually claimed that he liked the show because it took the heat. This is a quote of his took the heat off of Bart Simpson for being responsible for the downfall of Western civilization. You must've been looking at, you, you must've been looking at my notes. Cause you stole that from me, Mark way to go. Well, that's what I do. I actually saved it for you. I didn't think you were going to drop it. So I had to drop it in there. Well, but, but go ahead, Mark. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, buddy. 
No, you're fine. Um, but yeah, I mean that that show definitely kind of pushed the limits. You know what I mean? And I think um, you know, and, and it's one of those things. I think um, it, there's always some interesting facts, Mister B. I, I'll kind of let you run through yours. I got a few I, I held on to till the end here, but I, I want to make sure I don't steal your thunder. Yeah, because so because you know, Big Nick just loves fun facts. Fun facts. You got some facts that are and, fun. And, and this I'm your one, guy. when I found it, I was like, all right, I have this is definitely up there. So. Um, if you remember in 1994, uh, uh, Johnny Depp and Marlon Brando did a film called Don Juan DeMarco. Ah, yes. Well, apparently, so they worked together. They were both into Beavis and Butthead, so they would imitate Beavis and Butthead. So imagine Johnny Depp <laughs> and, and Marlon Brando. <laughs> and it, sophisticated. No, this is a true story. So Johnny Depp, <laughs> Johnny Depp would play Beavis. And Brando would play Butthead. And imagine if you walked into that, like I would be like, oh my gosh, what am so, I watching? What is so, happening? So, hey, Johnny, which which one am I again? Am I going to be the Butthead guy or the, the Beavis guy? <laughs> the <button>. Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Captain Jack Sparrow. <laughs> Oh, Mark, oh by you- the way, Nick, I just realized I didn't even drop my uh, favorite moment for you, but I, th- I think it's it's not a really a favorite moment for me. It's the the great cornholio. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's, that's my, my that was probably my favorite funny moment. Yeah, and the, the episode where they're cornholio. going, they're on the airplane, and they're next to the sweet little old lady. And she's going to play. She can't wait to play the slots. Actually, that's the movie. That <laughs> hang on, careful, buddy. That's the movie. That's not. The that's series. true, but it but it still was, was oh, a hilarious moment. moment. Still careful, a moment. still a hilarious moment. Yeah. But anyway, the great cornholio was throughout the series. It wasn't just the movie, but but that was one scene in particular that. Uh, uh, <laughs> you I think boy, Megadeth was on that soundtrack, and I was yes. always a big Megadeth. Yes. Oh yes, yes, we love some Megadeth. So. All right, so Mark, you stole my thunder, but I rank them as number two, not number three. So Beavis and Butthead. So, so I'm going to drop a few more, and then we'll move on because we're uh, we're kind of kind of lagging here. But uh, guess who who is considered to play a possible live action film version of Beavis and Butthead? Marlon Brando and Johnny Depp. <laughs> they were a close second. They did not make the cut, but oh. these two guys were paired in multiple movies. I already know it, so I will now. So, I will not answer. Go. Such as black sheep, Tommy Nick. like Tommy like wingy. Am I supposed to be giving? I gave my answer. Marlon Brando and <laughs> you failed. Chris Farley and David Spade. Ah. Imagine that. I, I I can't personally picture it, but those guys were hilarious. So I could definitely see it. And then uh, one other quick thing. So you guys are familiar with the show uh, King of the Hill. Mm-hmm. So. Mike Judge revealed to Jimmy Kimball, Jimmy Kimmel that there was actually an angry caller that left a voicemail during Beavis and Butthead's original run. So the caller hated the show, um, and he ranted about it on an incomprehensible accent. <laughs> and Judge found the caller hilarious, and he used that as inspiration for King of the Hills. Boomhauer. Boomhauer. So I thought that was pretty interesting. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right. Hey, Mr. B, anything else you got to drop on no. this guy? Beavis and Butthead, just just funny and awkward. And I don't know. I just I again I go back to being 13 when I watch it, and I just it just cracks me up still. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So we'll move on to my number two. My number two is unfortunately has had the rug stolen out from underneath it as well has been picked already in this show, but it's a hilarious series that was groundbreaking in its time. It is the Simpsons. Simpsons. Yeah. Man, we, we, so, think, we think too much alike here, huh? Yeah. I mean, you know, we've we've talked about a lot a lot about it. Um, it won dozens of awards when it debuted as a series. Um 34 primetime Emmy Awards, 34 Annie Awards, and two Peabody Awards. I don't even know what those last two are, but they sound important, and there's a lot of them, so that's all that really matters. Um but it's interesting to read that the characters on The Simpsons are based on and named after the creator, Matt Groening's family, which I thought was an interesting touch. Um, and it's just, a, you know, we'll throw out facts since we've kind of already talked about this guy. Danny Elfman, who created the, the uh, show song, the intro. The theme uh, only song. Took, the theme song. Only took two days to compose that theme song as a fellow musician. Um that's impressive. It's tough to come up with something that. No, catchy every that. good song is just immediate. Like you, it that just comes true. out. It's just natural. It's it. That's how every good song seems to. You, anytime that uh, I I listen to or read one of these interviews with some great band, and they're like, such and such is just like one of the best songs ever to. Uh, in any form of music how do you come up with that how long does it take to write a masterpiece like that and they're they get the same answer every time they're like oh that one was 10 minutes like <laughs> we, we and wrote, they we wrote it on the crap bus. song that they spent f- nine weeks working on well and that's yeah i mean i, I will say that's true with, with some of our stuff mr b you know the best songs come out the quickest exactly um so i'll drop a few more facts and then i got a few quiz questions and a few true false for you fellas, whoa you i like a quiz Ooh, yeah. so uh so here's here's an, a few facts so crusty the clown i don't know if you guys mm-hmm. knew but he was originally created to be Homer's secret identity. Yeah, I, I know that one. Yeah, I That's think I, did, I, I, I actually did hear that. But yes, yeah. So uh, the key catchphrase from Homer Simpson Dope! Dope! is a real word in the Oxford English Dictionary. Think about that. So that's how popular that they can create a D O H and be like, let's make that a word now. Well, in the script, it just says annoyed grunt. It doesn't even yes. say yes. Dope. Yeah. So I thought that was very interesting. Well, so who actually came up with the dole? Well, like the fill in uh, for the. I can't think of the guy's name, but if you ever see the the voice actors, I mean, these guys are voice geniuses because, right. not, I mean, I, if we really got into it, they don't just voice one or two characters; they voice like seven, eight, nine, ten characters. Doesn't yeah. Kelsey Grammer do uh, sideshow Bob? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah. Good. Good call there, buddy. But yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I'm I'm blanking on the guy that does Homer, but. I can I can picture his face and he does a few other characters, but his when he turns the voice on, it's like magic because you're just well. Like, anytime oh, you see those like making of and you see the real person yeah. as they film the person doing the voice of the character you've always idolized or adored, it's it's a weird moment, right? Yeah, it, it takes it takes a second. Well, because even like we we're we were talking before, Bart Simmons, Bart Simpson is a woman, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's just little That's things. Yeah. Good point. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and Bart Simpson in 98 was Time Magazine's most influential people of the century. Think about that. 
What? Of the whole century? <laughs> of the century on the cover. He was on the cover of Time magazine. In well, because because me, remember they they were so crazy. They were so pushing the boundaries that I mean, like I mean, I told you about the sweatshirt thing. Like I couldn't even wear a sweatshirt that said "Eat my shorts" because it was too racy. Yeah. Wait, know? of the century. The century. That's a hundred years. Hey, we have like wait, we just have to go with Mark. What Mark says is automatic fact. Just go with it, Nick. Just just believe me, man. Just believe me. <laughs> Please believe me. Okay, just, maybe I confused oh wait, decade okay. with century. So maybe it's only ten years. But let's not get into particulars here. Right. I was Nick. gonna say All we right? have like we have like Prince, we have John F. Kennedy. Like it gets I'm like, really? These people Anyways, all right, you caught my typo. Beat, yeah, these people got you, beat by a, a a fifth grade cartoon. He was just checking. Let's not pretend like there's anybody more important in the entire hundred years than Bart Simpson. No, I'm just yes. kidding. It is ten years. It's a decade. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was my mistake. My mistake. We, we all knew that. We were just messing. Martin Luther King Jr. I mean, but speaking <laughs> of centuries, guess what how long hell? Fox owns the rights to The Simpsons until? One hundred. A wild guess. Twenty for guess one year. century. I'm gonna guess. guess uh, I'm gonna guess uh, 2100. 20, 2091. Big Nick was closer. Twenty eighty two. Because they know Fuck that it. that they're gonna keep going with this thing until eventually it stops. How I mean, crazy is that? I mean, I didn't say that with Beavis and Butthead, but one of the things that Mike Judge talked about was they basically got burned out by 97. That was four years into Beavis and Butthead. They got burned out and they had to, he was just like, I, I can't continue to come up with stuff at the, right. well, but, you know, but, at the demand. And I think the difference with The Simpsons is if you could probably, I mean, this is probably digging way deep, look at the people that were the writers at The Simpsons at one time. A lot of them have moved on to be, you know, uh, on TV or stand-up comedians or are writers for other shows. I mean, the the list of writers for The Simpsons. I think like didn't Conan O'Brien wasn't he a writer on The Simpsons? I don't know. Maybe I, we'll give him credit for that. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I, I, but I'm I'm just saying like it's a show where Mark, you, uh, the person of the century, like I said. Yeah, and, I mean, you know, Mark. Whatever Mark says ha- obviously is truth. So you know, yeah. yeah but I apologize, <laughs> listeners. That's a, that's a deep hurt. I like to be accurate century. with my facts. <laughs> anyway, see, Big Nick keeps it real though. He doesn't let that kind of stuff slide. So that's good. All right, so let's keep things moving here. So a, a few quiz questions for you guys. Winston Churchill fell <laughs> short. <laughs> Who's that guy? He didn't do anything. Useless. Uh, I'm kidding. People from the UK. Great prime minister. <laughs> Albert anyway. Einstein. Right. Uh, so so got nothing on Bart Simpson. <laughs> nothing at all. Nothing at all. Oh, I can't breathe. That was funny. All right, you guys need to take a break. Anyway, in the first 26 seasons of The Simpsons, who has said the most? So this person, this is from the family. I'll, I'll narrow it down to the family. Accounting for 21% of the show's 1.3 million words. What character has said the most in The Simpsons? I go with Marge. That was okay. going to be my guess as well. well uh, I, I be beat Marge. you to it. So two Final slow. answers? I'm going with Marge, and here's my thinking on it, because the mother is usually the central figure in most families, and and then on top of that, like, Homer is so reliant on her to just, like, make it through a single day, and 
Yeah. So I, there, look, I'm putting a lot of thought into this, a lot of deep thought and in, in analyzing the, the situation. Now, if, if I, if I'm wrong, a century worth of thinking to say, right. If I'm wrong, one century, my follow-up would be my second <laughs> guess would be Lisa. Oh, you guys are going dark horse. All right. All right. Well, uh, for the sake of, uh, you know, our viewers, um, they should come to expect you guys are both wrong. It is Homer Simpson. <laughs> Ouch. That makes sense. So, See, that's Homer the Simpson. obvious choice. It, it is. And sometimes it's hard, hard to go with that obvious choice. So, so on that vein, um, who speaks the most words among supporting cast members of the Simpsons? So not the immediate family, the supporting cast, who would you say has the most words of the supporting cast? Niddly, niddly Ned Flanders. Oakley Dokley. What do you got, mm. Mr. Nick? I was going to go with the, the comic book guy because I feel like he, when he does appear, he talks a lot, but he's not in a lot of the, uh, he's not in a lot of the episodes. Worst guess ever. So, uh, no, that wasn't my guess. I'm talking through it. All right. I'm talking my <laughs> way it out. through Speak it. Speak it into the world. What do you got? So, I'll go with, uh, Flanders is a great pick. I'll go with Millhouse. Millhouse. Okay. Oh. <sighs> Not excellent. Excellent. Oh. Mr. Burns. Mr. Burns. Mr. Smith Burns. Smithers. Mr. Burns. All right. And then the last one for you guys, and then we'll, we'll move it along here. Since we've not True. gotten any right. Yeah, you guys are over. I should save this for a no phones episode. True or false? Bart is the only character in The Simpsons to have dialogue in every episode. I'll say it one more time. True or false? Bart is the only character in The Simpsons to have dialogue in every episode. False. Okay. You want to elaborate on that? I'm big yes. No, I'm just going to go with false. because Okay, just going false straight up. Right. Right. I, I will go with false as well. Okay. Do you guys think there is anyone who has had uh, dialogue in every episode? If Homer it's not Sim- Bart? Homer Simpson. Big Nick? Well, I would guess that Maggie has said the fewest of words. <laughs> it's probably a solid um, choice. Has, has anyone had had a line in every single 681 episodes? Is that what we're saying? Mm-hmm. I will say, I will go with no. No one. Okay. All right. Well, Mr. B is correct. Homer is the only character to have dialogue in every single episode. Don't, qu- don't quiz battle me, son. So there we go. We got, oh, we we got one on the board there. A, we both technically got it. Uh, yeah. We got, both got it right, technically. But I, but I got yeah, it mo- more right. He got it more right. You get partial credit. Thank you, Nick. Nick. Or thank you, Mark. Right. Sorry. Absolutely. All right. So let's recap round two for Big Nick. We got The Simpsons. Mr. B, we got Beavis and Butthead. Myself, Mark, I have The Simpsons as well. So smart people rule in round two. Let's move it on to round one. Yeah. Big Nick, what do you got? Here's what I got. Mm. I got some tails, and they're of the duck variety. (laughs) Oh. There was a show called DuckTales. Solid choice, buddy. And it will be my number one. All right, let's get to the premise. When Donald Duck goes off to the Navy, well, he dumps Huey, Dewey, and Louie off on his favorite uncle, 
who is truly the centerpiece of this show. This is Scrooge McDuck, who is the richest duck person cartoon character in the vast DuckTales universe. Most of the time, the show is centered on a variety of villains trying to steal Scrooge's number one dime or his lucky dime. Scrooge believed that it was the reason he made fortunes and the dime was his most prized possession. The general idea being he or she who possesses this dime will become rich and powerful through the power of the dime. Sound familiar? That's right. J.R.R. Tolkien stole this idea, stole the premise uh, for the Lord of the Rings from DuckTales. And yes, everybody knows, most people know that. Tolkien's a fraud. I didn't, but my now, favorite now he is a fraud. episodes. <laughs> sorry, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> nobody, nobody believes that. Please don't believe that. Uh, my favorite episodes <laughs> were when all of my favorite Ducktales characters, Scrooge McDuck and his allies, versus the many villains, were dropped into familiar stories like Shakespeare, Jack the Ripper. Yes, mythology. I, for, I forgot about that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, they did James Bond, Indiana Jones, and Sherlock Holmes. I mean, it that was my favorite when they would do – and you would know right at the start of the show if that's what was going to be happening that episode, and I loved it. Now, sadly, DuckTales only lasted 100 episodes. This would be four seasons. There was shame. at least one cool video game – DuckTales, the Nintendo game, was a big-selling game made about the show. And the show wrapped up in November of 1990. So it just barely met the criteria for this week's top three, gents. And I said at the top of the show that the 80s truly were the the golden... Uh, that's is that a decade mark or a century? The the eighties, <laughs> um, the eighties were. How do the, you define the, century? I mean, let's just, that's a loose. Was the golden decade for me for cartoons, <laughs> and so I was heavily into the Ducktales at the end of the eighties, and again, yeah. it wrapped up in November of nineteen ninety, thus meeting the criteria for this week's top three. So I'll just call it that was definitely on my honorable mentions list. That is a a great show, and I I watched that. <laughs> A ton of times. I mean, it, there's so many good episodes, and like you said, they had such good uh, variety, you know. And I think growing up, you 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 get into the Bugs Bunny, the Daffy Ducks, all those types of things, and the way they tie it in, and then they have younger characters, which you feel like are closer to your own age, mm-hmm. kind of helps you connect. So, quality well, and, choice, and, Big Nick. And I also agree. I love that show, and and all I think about when I hear that is Launchpad McQuack. Oh yeah, Launchpad was nice. was pretty cool. He was one of the cool guys. But the the other thing, you know, I said the show centered on Scrooge McDuck, which it one hundred percent did. But what I loved about it is Scrooge McDuck. You know, he's this older looking gentleman. But what you learn through all these adventures that they have is that he is like the toughest old cookie, and he's and he's like completely brilliant and smart. He's the smartest guy in the room. He yeah. is. He, he, it was really cool that he ended up being the hero time and time again on the show. In the first couple episodes, you're like, yeah, they're going to go live with this old dude. And, <laughs> and, and time and time again, figure type. it's Scrooge McDuck that, that gets them out of the jam or fights off the villains to, to maintain that lucky dime. Do you feel pressure to be smart? 
as smart as Scrooge McDuck in your older age now, Nick? No, because technically no, because you are a, that. A man knows, <laughs> a, a smart man knows his limitations, okay? And out of the 100 well episodes, I probably saw 80 or so. And I saw this duck get out of jams that, that you wouldn't believe. I mean, oh. we just mentioned Jack the Ripper. Yeah, that's, okay? a, that's a sketchy. Scrooge McDuck survived the Jack the Ripper episode. Yeah. I got news for you, big kids. Not all of us are getting out of that mess. <laughs> oh, I'd get big out. feathers. I, oh, I'll kick that guy right in the nuts. <clears throat> Boom. Boom. <laughs> Super solid choice, Big Nick. Good, I, good uh, pick, Big Nick. Firmly approve of your ducktails. All right. So, Mr. B, number one. Let's have some so, fun. What do you got? So this was to me like when we we were talking about this uh, a couple of weeks before of what we were going to do. It <laughs> instantly was my number one pick, and it's GI Joe, a real American hero. Nice. Did you just slam your your papers down? Yes, like, I slammed like, them. <laughs> I, I, I did it like with authority. I was like GI Joe. A real American hero. All right, so, I'll give you. I'll give you a second to kind of collect your thoughts and and give us your whole spiel here. But this was another one that was on that show, The Toys That Made Us, and it was it was brilliant. Uh, oh, that they actually made according to my memory from watching that show. I I like to have about six beers when I watch that show, but they made the 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 toys first, and what a brilliant show. The the weird thing about the show though. My the only thing that I don't like, Mister B, is that they would like shoot like a hundred bullets at each other, and nobody ever seemed to get shot. Oh no! Because if they all died, and if it was real war, <laughs> it would be bad. Like nobody ever died, and uh, everyone stayed alive. But yes, no, right? It's, it was well, GI Joe not well, saving Private Ryan. And part of it is again, let me getting to it. But the the toys which was what fueled the episodes mm-hmm. and the episode fueled the toys. So it was back and forth. So me, I mean, this, this episode, they, um, the first original kind of animated GI Joe stuff was 89 to 92 is the one I'm talking about. I know there's some different variations throughout the, yeah, there was an older version. Yeah. There was an older version. Then there was this one, but me being, you know, big kid, the 89 to 92 one was what I remember. I mean, I was nine years old or whatever, eight years old. And I just was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like, I mean, I just remember it affected like what I wanted to be for Christmas or Christmas for uh, Halloween every year. <laughs> there he is. Mr. Not B Santa's not breaking like into your house. Again yeah. For Christmas. yeah. Oh, Cause I'll shoot him in the face. <laughs> no, but like, for, like I think for literally from, uh, 89 to like 91, I wanted to be GI Joe. And so like, that's what I yeah. was for, for Halloween every year was like, a, and my dad be like, are you sure you don't want to do something different? Like, Nope. I want a toy gun <laughs> and I want to paint my face green. And I want to be a commando or whatever. Well, and, and GI Joe was such an iconic toy line. Like I remember setting up, I mean, I had an older sister, so she always had like the Barbie and all that stuff. And I always had like the kick-ass GI Joe, action right? figures right and set them up around the house and would be like strategically planning attacks on the other set of gi joes that i set up in the other room and then to see the the tv series bring that stuff to life yeah. was was crazy well so, and, and i super I was, good choice i was i was looking at it more because I, I i mean the little toy figures you remember they're the little yeah. gi joe guys right i mean we all had those or at least seen them or played with them 
I, I looked more at it now because if you remember, the old G.I. Joe figures were the 12-inch dolls, right? Yeah. And that was all tied with the Barbie at the time. So this is going back to, what, the, the 50s and 60s. But uh, I was like, well, why did they make the little guys? Well, I mean, from my research, um, if you in the early 80s, you remember the oil crisis? Yeah, yeah. So there was an oil crisis. Still trying to get over it. Yeah, I know Nick's still struggling with his his stocks and bonds are messed up, but it affected the, his top three list. Yeah, the, anyway. pro, the production of those twelve inch figures became too expensive. So the right. thought was, and Hasbro at the time took a cue and they kind of followed Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So they went with well, uh, haste, and so they dropped the twelve inch figures down to those three and a half or three point like three and a quarter. Yeah. And I mean, I'm I, at one point. I mean, between me and my brother, we probably had fifty of those little GI Joe guys all over the place. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, that was the thing. It's like you could watch it on TV, like you said, Mark, and play with these little guys. I mean, I still think I'm going to ask you guys this too. But like my favorite GI Joe was Snake Eyes, the oh, guy that remember the guy eyes. the guy that was in all black with like the black like visor and he like never talked it just was a badass like that right. was my favorite guy but do you guys have a favorite gi joe so i liked the bad guys even though they never won um and they were terrorists now <laughs> you would you would you would like yeah. terrorists I, I guess i'm a terrorist but um yeah so i always liked zartan i always found zartan to be pretty cool that's that's very weird, but okay. Why why is that? <laughs> <laughs> no, Snake Eyes is a great pick. Uh you know, Storm Shadow would would was his nemesis. Storm Shadow Storm is my Shadow favorite. Was, was very yeah. cool as well. And I don't I, forget I don't Flint. Know. Flint was cool. Flint um, was a good one. Roadblock. Uh, well, and, and let me hit you with some knowledge here. because uh, again, I know Nick loves fun facts, but there was I also a, like there was a period with uh, the member of the first Rocky movie came out in 78 ish ish. So they wanted to make Rocky Balboa be a GI Joe. Right. So huh. they actually, they actually went through the whole process and then obviously it didn't happen, but imagine that if GI Joe was also a, uh, or excuse me, if Rocky Balboa was a GI Joe. Well, and they had some little, you know, famous, characters come into the world of gi joe you have sergeant slaughter yes good call you had uh william yeah. the refrigerator perry oh yeah i forgot about him uh, did mr t become a gi joe as well i'm not sure about that but i i i there's there was a reference to him so but i'm not sure if he was like a true joe the one thing that I love about some of these shows here, Mr. B, and, and some of the shows that made it onto our list, in particular, The Simpsons, G.I. Joe, DuckTales, I love that when the universe that's created is so big, that there's so many characters, yeah. so many different places. Yeah. And now we sit here and we're trying to reminisce and recall our favorite G.I. Joes and our favorite, you know, uh, favorite bad guys from the show. And there was just so many. But... At the same time, it allowed something for everyone. You know, the the GI both both sides, good and bad, had had female soldiers. Yeah, and we we had athletes that became some type of soldier, and then you had ninjas, you had weapons experts, you had people that were that operated vehicles and aircraft, and I mean, it was it was a wonderful show. It was a brilliant show, and 
and then there was a lesson to learn every week. Yeah. G.I. Joe. And I don't know if you guys remember. I remember when I was, uh, well, I guess about the time this show came out, there was a board game for G.I. Joe. It was called the G.I. Joe Commando Attack Game. What? Do you remember that? No, I do not. I would have played that the hell. I'm, I'm so, excited right now. Whoa. If you're if you're listening to this, go look up that game. I actually just pulled it up on Amazon. Somebody's selling a, a boxed version that looked like it probably survived a tornado. But <laughs> basically, there was um, you would have a POW camp. It was a big board game with a like kind of a desert like theme. It had two streams going through it. All the characters were stand up, cut out boards. Uh, it had all the major characters. I mean, there was probably at least twenty of them, right? You had an HQ building that you built yourself that was like a stand up three D, like three, four, five inches tall. POW camp that you could put your prisoners that you would catch in the game from the other side in. Oh man, I used to be obsessed with that game. It was Why, so awesome. Tell me that you still own that game. I'm gonna have to look. I, I don't think I do, but I might buy this tornado version off of Amazon here and see if we can uh, rekindle the the GI Jonas. But GI Joes are freaking awesome. It's such a great choice. Brian. And also, just refer- referencing my last uh, pick was GI Joe. Also had a cereal, Nick. It was called Action Star Cereal. Boom. Why are all the cereal comments directed to me? <laughs> because I know you like cereal, buddy. We're, cere- we're cereal He's brothers. He's trying to unseat that uh, one choice you made that one yeah. fateful day, Big so, Nick. G.I. Joe, I love it. I mean, that's like going back to just my childhood memories. Is it was, Absolutely. I mean, it, it, it referenced so many things. I like, We played uh, war, if you want to call it that, where we just ran around and tried to act like we were shooting at each other. I mean, we dressed up in face paint and the G.I. Joe cartoon just kind of solidified all that. And at the end, of course, it gave you a little little positive, uh, you know, pick me up. Yeah, thank you. And well, now you know, and knowing's half the battle. So for me, G.I. Joe. Uh, I was a big fan of the the earlier run of of GI Joe and a huge fan of the GI Joe movies. The and I'm talking about mm-hmm. the old school animated movies. Yeah. How old are you, Nick? Well, you were I'm watching those old, when you were uh, two. I'm old enough to know that uh, Martin Luther King Jr. is more influential than <laughs> Bart Simpson. Um, well, everybody so knows that, that gives you any clue. But the yeah, it was a great show, and yeah, I enjoyed the older run, the the original, if you will, and the the movies really are time stamped on my brain. I loved the GI Joe movies. Great, great choice, Mister B. Absolutely approved. Thank you, gentlemen. Right. I actually didn't know that it qualified. I, I was unaware of the second run. Yeah, yes. I, just, I forgot about the second run. The first one at first, I thought Mr. B had made a mistake because that first Marvel-inspired well, run. And now, but, you, uh, now you understand my question that I asked at the beginning. Absolutely. Absolutely. Or you just really flipped it quick on the fly. Either right. way. I, I, am, I am not that smart to flip it that far. <laughs> All right, guys. So let's move it on to the last choice. This was my number one of the 90s. And this show, just like Mr. B's, snuck in at the beginning of the 90s. My show is going to sneak in right at the end of the 90s. And that show would be The Family Guy. Ah. Family Guy is my number one choice. Um, And it's... 
it's a tough choice because solid you know, obviously, choice. Yeah, the, the Simpsons was a big influencer for the Family Guy. Obviously, there's some some beef there, but we'll, we'll leave that off to the side. Um, but basically, the Family Guy series that centers on the Griffins. So it's a family consisting of the parents, Peter and Lois, their children, Meg, Chris, and Stewie, the baby, the British speaking baby. Um, and their uh, their pet dog Brian. So it's set in the fictional city of Quahog, Rhode Island. Um, amazing show. Anybody who's watched it knows that it's very tongue in cheek. It's very much like some of the other shows in the sense that it basically tries to take stabs at you know mm-hmm. modern uh, everything and anything. To be honest with you, yeah, it takes uh, a stab that's at actually everything. That's probably the best way to put it. I mean, I. People get offended by the Family Guy, but I think the reality is it's a show that doesn't pull any punches on anybody. So if if you're offended about one thing, they're going to make fun of the opposite, you know, either in that season or the next. It's um, funnier than ninety some percent of the sitcoms with live actors. Yes. Agreed. Hundred percent agree. Hundred percent agree. And it's it's crazy because I actually read that. Um, so the majority of the episodes are it all is crazy. hand drawn. For Family Guy, and right. most of the episodes take an average of ten months to make it to air. Whoa. Ten months for a single episode to make it to air. So for that reason, there's not a whole lot of real time, uh, current event type stuff. Wow, right, I that comes on for no, Family I, Guy. I did not know that because I, I mean I know yeah. it takes a while to do, but ten months. Wow. Yeah, yeah I mean I, it's it, well, and they're still wild. they're still releasing one every week, I mean, or at least they were up until the whole coronavirus but yeah so it wow. so it debuted in january 31st of 1999 so it literally just made it in by the last year um and there's been Ooh. over 349 episodes of the family guy that have been broadcast um its 18th season began back in september of 2019 but mark um, think and but oh sorry go ahead no, no no go you, ahead go ahead well my thought was so we were just talking about how racy uh the Simpsons were, I mean, imagine family guy in 93. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah I mean, it, it would have never even been on the air. I mean, it would have been way. Imagine they some of the earlier to... episodes. Now I, uh, there's episodes yeah. in the beginning that I don't even know if they could air today. That, yeah. That I think the, I think it. the only show, the only cartoon that might be now, I don't watch a lot of the adult swim stuff and I know that it's a lot of adult stuff. So yeah, I'm probably missing out on a whole lot, but in my experience, the only show that would be more adult and more risque than um, Family Guy would probably be South Park. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And, and, and even to me, I kind of put those in the same kind of realm of they're really just pushing the envelope of you know, yeah. current things and, you know, yeah. And that's the odd thing that they they were at odds with each other. And even the Simpsons creators weren't fans of the family guy, just like uh the guys that created South Park, which was always interesting to me. And again, I, I don't want to get into that here on this episode. Well, because they're they're obviously all that up, they're, they're all three competitors in being the yeah. adult cartoon. So yeah. For sure. I mean, uh, so I mean Family Guy started on Fox. Um the third season uh, shortly after the third season it aired in 2002, Fox canceled it with one episode left unaired. I remember and then that Adult Swim picked it up. Mm. So they actually started running it in syndication format. And then due to huge DVD sales and high ratings for the syndication, Fox was like, 
ah, you know what? We should probably pick this back up. It's actually yeah. got quite a following. So, so they brought it Fox, back up for the fourth Fox season. Fox is a real Fairweather fan, huh? Yeah, basically. And they get ripped <laughs> on by the show itself, so that probably doesn't help. But, yeah, because uh, they've like, been nominated for 12 yeah. primetime Emmy Awards, 11 Annies, one three of each. Not as much as the, you know, the, the last one I mentioned, but... Um, so yeah, I mean it's um in in 2009 it was nominated for a primetime Emmy for outstanding comedy series. It's the first animated series, first time an animated series was nominated for that since The Flintstones in 1961. Really? I mean, Whoa, I see Mark, I did not back. know that. Wow, that's very impressive. Taking it way back. Um the episodes, most of the actors who played, so Seth Green, Mila Kunis, Alex Bornstein, Mike Henry, they made between 175,000 and 225,000 per episode no now, no the simpsons by comparison were making close to four hundred thousand each per episode at the show's peak what? so that's right. a little crazy all right episode. so i gotta i gotta get into some voice acting because i got a amazing that's where voice. the money's at that's where the money's at <laughs> so but if you add in all the animators the writers and other people it took to make the show it leads to an episode of almost two million dollars per episode to make the family guy so that just tells you how much money it's making. Well, so per episode. But, but think about that. If that's for Family Guy, then what's the, the Simpsons per episode has to be what? Mm-hmm. You know, the double, double that. that. Double, double that. Double. Wow. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I got a few uh to keep it in the vein here. I got a couple quiz questions, a couple true Ooh. false for you guys if you're uh if you're game. They're all true false. No, yeah, we got Mar- two quiz, two true false. Yeah, okay. Nick can't think past true or false. Well, we've done pretty poorly, so I was wondering if maybe the the quiz questions get bumped uh, into some kind actually, of... Actually, uh, I've been almost perfect, buddy, so... All right. Well, let we me throw you a softball, then. Right. I'll throw this one out here first. How old is Stewie from The Family Guy, the baby in the show? How old is Stewie? I would guess that he is... Um, I would guess that he is two years old going on 25. He is one. You guys almost split the difference, but Big Nick's closer. One and three quarters years old. There we go. Very particular answer. Here's the next one. How old is Quagmire according to the driver's license that he flashes in one of the episodes? 29. Big Nick? 31. <laughs> 66. <laughs> oh. well, we, thought that, we thought that he would be going with a younger age to help his game. Exactly. Yeah. I, I giggity, was shocked by giggity. that. I didn't expect that. So, all right. So here's a couple true falses. Uh, so true false. The voice of Brian the dog is the normal voice of Seth MacFarlane. True or false? True. Big Nick. True. There you go. You guys both got it. Big Nick. Yes. Way to go. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Uh, all right. And this is the last one I'll give you. So. True or false, when the show first aired, Seth MacFarlane was the youngest executive producer in all of network television. True. At that time or forever? At that time. At that time, was he the youngest executive producer? In all of network television. I'm not talking about cartoons. I'm talking about any show. Just follow me. It's true, buddy. True. Always Man. follow me. Follow my coattails, buddy. That is true. Well done, gentlemen. Well played. Hey, we're getting we're getting better. We're getting better. There it is. There it is. 
All right, fellas. Well, I got to tell you, that was an awesome episode. Really enjoyed going down, uh, you know, a trip down childhood memory lane with you fellas. So just to do a quick recap for Big Nick, number three, we had Animaniacs. Number two, The Simpsons. Number one, DuckTales. Mr. B, number three, we had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Beavis and Butthead coming in at number two. G.I. Joe at number one. And for myself, I had Beavis and Butthead at number three, The Simpsons at number two, and Family Guy at number one. Definitely appreciate everybody joining us for today's show. And uh, till next time, we're the big kids. We'll see you. Peace.